This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, Let's do this. Uh, Austin Gale, Associate uh, Director of Content for Pro Football Focus, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Austin, how are you doing today? Doing great. How about yourself? Doing extremely well. So, let me ask you this. First and foremost, uh, we were, and I'm going to reference uh, the article that I got off of Pro Football Focus yesterday when you talked about the most improved teams uh, since the offseason began, obviously since the draft has culminated as well. Uh, I wanted to ask you, when, when you get into the NFC, tell me the teams that you think that have improved themselves the most that have maybe either, uh, I guess, separated themselves when it comes to the postseason that have given them more of an ability to get to the postseason or vie for a Super Bowl or teams that are now playoff contenders because of their offseason? Yeah, I mean, I really think you have to start with the Dallas Cowboys and what they did specifically in the 2020 NFL Draft. Adding CeeDee Lamb at pick 17, Trayvon Diggs, 51, Neville Gallimore at pick 82. Like, those are three starter caliber players drafted with your first three picks. And I think CeeDee Lamb strengthens the strength for this Cowboys offense. Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup had very good years this past year, and so did Dak Prescott. Adding CeeDee Lamb in what will be an 11 personnel, three wide receiver heavy offense in Dallas this year with McCarthy now at the reins, you know, now running the show. I think the Dallas Cowboys team not only, you know, solidifies themselves as the favorites in the NFC East, but they also – I, I would argue make themselves pretty legit playoff contenders could go for a deep run here in the NFC. I really, really like what they did. And obviously, the other NFC team that really had a slam dunk this offseason was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> they added Tom Brady, a Hall of Famer at quarterback position, Rob Gronkowski, and were able to land a very good offensive tackle in Tristan Wurst with the first pick of the 2020 NFL Draft. This is a roster with very few weaknesses that, you know, through the last eight weeks of the season, the defense ranked top three in PFF coverage grade. I mean, they're improving on the back end. I think this Buccaneers team is going to be very good in 2020 with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady having this marriage of an offense that will be equal parts aggressive while also much more um, conservative and safe in that not going to be throwing interceptions at the rate of Jameis Winston. And I think both of those teams got significantly better this offseason. I uh, I like what Tampa Bay has. I don't know if it's going to put them over the top, but certainly now they have some of the, I, I guess, pedigree to put them over the top, the experience that can maybe guide some of that youth down there. 
I find the Cowboys completely fascinating. I don't know if this whole thing with Dak and Andy Dalton is going to work out. Sometimes competition breeds success. Other times it breeds animosity. Uh, I do know you get a little bit of a jolt out of the first year of a new head coach. San Francisco's obviously, I believe, going to be good. How much do you think, and I, you, you, you mentioned Minnesota, how much do you think Minnesota has either closed the gap on the Packers or excelled above the Packers? No, I, I think they've closed the gap, if not excelled past the Packers, largely because I think this Packers team had an opportunity to get better this offseason, specifically improve the defense and add weapons alongside Devontae Adams and Rodgers, and quite simply, they did it. You know, that offensive line is going to rest, you have to think, this upcoming year. They're also going to make a change in offensive philosophy, going away from a more spread look and a lot of wide receiver sets to something more similar to what the 49ers ran in two tight end fullback sets, which I don't know if that's going to blend well with Aaron Rodgers' skill set and how he's in the quarterback position. I think they made multiple moves that didn't include this roster for 2020, and also this scheme change I think is going to have negative effects overall on the play of their already good players in Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Two wide receiver sets are going to lead to a lot of double teams for this you know, uh, Green Bay Packers team, specifically Devontae Adams, and I think it's going to make things difficult for Aaron Rodgers to have high-level success. With that being said, this Minnesota Vikings team, I think, will be in contention with the Detroit Lions. I know that's aggressive. The Detroit Lions haven't been good for a while, but Matthew Stafford, before he got hurt this past year, was very, very successful uh, pushing the ball downfield with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, etc. And I think he can have similar success if healthy. This is a good Detroit Lions roster in 2020. I think the Vikings and Lions, I think, could be competing for the top spot in the NFC North. Um, well, then let's stay in the NFC North because I still believe that uh, while the Bears' quarterback situation could be somewhat of a train wreck, they went out and they signed just about anybody that could catch the ball or has caught the ball in the NFL to give them any weapon to throw to. They've got a decent run game with Montgomery and company, but their defense, I believe, is probably going to end up being top five barring injuries. So is that defense enough that they can ride that into the postseason or towards the top of the NFC? I'm going to argue no. I mean, this defense regressed significantly from the 2018 season we saw with the Chicago Bears, and I think you're going to continue to see that as you know players develop. And I mean, the injury variance is going to hit this Chicago Bears team, you have to think. I mean, Khalil Mack has still been very dominant since the trade, but it's not enough. The team hicks too, but uh, and Eddie Jackson, they have some stars on the defense. I just don't know if it's enough to overcome what will be, again, bad quarterback play under center regardless of who's starting at quarterback or the Chicago Bears team, whether it's Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky. I think this Bears team is out of it. Like, I honestly do not think with the play at the quarterback position they're going to receive, they can compete with the Vikings or even the Packers, Lions in this in this uh, division. Uh, I want to go to the AFC. A lot of talk about the quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, what he can do for Cincinnati. Tua, what he can do down in Miami. Uh, if you had to take a quarterback and say, okay, I believe this guy has the best shot at really being – uh, somewhat successful in his first season under center, who would it be? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Say that again. Well, uh, I'm looking at Tua, I'm looking at Burrow, I'm looking at some of these young quarterbacks that are going to be under center for their first year going over to the AFC, obviously Minnesota, or not, excuse me, uh, Miami and Cincinnati both taking quarterbacks early on. Um, who, tell me a young quarterback that's going to have the opportunity, the best opportunity to have some success. I think it is Joe Burrow, but I would honestly temper expectations for every young rookie quarterback in 2020 because we're going to see such an abbreviated offseason. You know, right now, according to the 2020-2021 NFL schedule, they're supposed to be doing rookie OTAs right now. Obviously, that's not happening. I think it's going to be very difficult, specifically for rookie quarterbacks, 
to come in and play at a high rate if they are starting week one, week two of the 2020 NFL season. It's just you're not going to have that time with the coaching staff, with your supporting cast, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line, to really put together enough chemistry, to have enough chemistry going into the 2020 regular season to have a ton of success. And you even go back to when Joe Burrow first transferred from Ohio State to LSU, the 2018 season wasn't good because he didn't really get his hands on the playbook until a few weeks before the season. And he's going to be in a similar spot not from a playbook perspective, obviously he has that, but from working with his team, he's not going to have a ton of experience before he ha- he's asked to suit up under center. I think all of the rookie quarterbacks in 2020 would benefit from tempered expectations, lower expectations, because to expect them to hit the ground running would be a fool's errand, in my opinion. Other rookies will have more success, like quarterbacks, wide receivers, ones that don't necessarily need that chemistry to produce, but I think these rookie quarterbacks are going to struggle out of the gate. Uh, then I wanted to look at the uh, better teams in the AFC. Obviously, Kansas City's repeat or uh, could repeat as the uh, champion. They, I still think they're extremely strong. But give me some of the other AFC teams. Obviously, you had some quarterbacks move. You still have Pittsburgh getting Big Ben back. You got Phillip Rivers going into Indianapolis. Uh, do they make dents? And who's the top favorite right now? When it, or favorites right now in the AFC? Yeah, honestly, I, I think the AFC, you know, the, the true competitors in the AFC are kind of staying put from the previous year. Like, I don't see any of the teams that significantly improved this offseason really overtaking the better teams in their division. You know, you look at the, uh, the Buffalo Bills, I think, improved largely because Tom Brady's no longer playing in that division. You know, the Jets did not get significantly better. The Patriots obviously got worse with the loss of Tom Brady. I, I think the Bills team can really take hold of this division, especially with Miami Dolphins likely trotting out. Ryan Fitzpatrick, not to a tongue of Iloa early in the season to give him more opportunity to heal up and those things. I think the Bills benefited from this. I think they're going to go into the playoffs in 2020 just kind of like, you know, by virtue of just how bad that division is. And while the Cincinnati Bengals obviously got better with Joe Burrow, it's not going to kind of overtake, you know, the Baltimore Ravens in that division. I'd argue the Pittsburgh Steelers get better with Big Ben healthy and fully bearded now in 2020. I think if there's going to be some shift, maybe you see – you know, this Denver Broncos team beat out the Chargers and Raiders for the number two spot with all the additions they've made to the offensive side of the ball. Drew Locke maybe takes a step forward. But, again, Kansas City Chiefs are still winning that position, man. Like it's, it's a, I think the AFC powerhouses are locked, you know, based off after this offseason. With uh, the Houston Texans getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, did they do enough to put weapons around Deshaun Watson? I don't know. I do like what they've done to replace DeAndre Hopkins a little bit. It's better than nothing. I think they've added some speed at that position. Obviously, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. If you look at the splits uh, for Deshaun Watson when Will Fuller isn't healthy, it's significant drop-off in production. I think he needs speed. He needs that vertical threat to open up things for him and that offense. I still think the offensive line is average to below average. I still think Deshaun Watson welcomes or invites pressure at a higher rate than other quarterbacks holds the ball longer than you'd like to see. He's one of the worst-graded quarterbacks in the NFL going off his first read, and I think that leads to holding the ball too long, being indecisive with the football after your first read. I think they've done some good things to build around him, but you can't replace DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this guy was the second-best, if not the best receiver in football this past year, right up there with Michael Thomas. Like, yes, you added Brandon Cook and you have Will Fuller there. People love Kenny Stills. I still think this Houston Texans team is not a great one and one that will struggle in 2020 because of, you know, just the overall offensive line and Deshaun Watson's kind of tendency to hold the ball. 
Uh, real quick before I let you go, uh, when you go back to the uh, the, the NFC, uh, San Francisco, really hard to repeat and get back there. Uh, usually teams that, that lose a Super Bowl, for whatever reason, don't find their way back into the postseason the next year. What would prevent them, other than the obvious of maybe an injury to Jimmy Garoppolo, what would prevent them from getting back into the postseason? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it doesn't even have to be an injury to Jimmy Garoppolo, but more so regression in play. Like Jimmy Garoppolo has done a great job of being a game manager in Kyle Shanahan's system, and it's hard to screw that up. I mean, you have high score production in Kyle Shanahan's system because he doesn't ask the quarterback position to take a ton of risks or make risky throws. However, when you are down in games, as you saw against Kansas City in the Super Bowl, you do need to make those high-level throws to kind of pinch off comebacks, and he obviously missed that big throw to Emmanuel Sanders. That could have had us talking very differently about this offseason if he did hit Emmanuel Sanders on that. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo needs to maintain, if not improve, his production at the quarterback position if the 49ers are going to make another postseason run. Because I'll tell you what, you go back to the NFC, this Arizona Cardinals team got a lot better this offseason. They have Kyle Murray entering his second year, Cliff Kingsbury entering his second year in the NFL. I think they could take some major strides. I don't love what the Los Angeles Rams did. They're still in cap hell, and they have a very struggling offensive line ahead. But the Seattle Seahawks, another team that are no slouch, like that's going to be a three-team three race in the NFC West for that title there. I think all three of those teams are very competitive and very good at that. Great to talk to you, Austin. I appreciate it. Uh, and we're uh, actually going to follow up on this uh, a little bit later on the show with one of our topics. But nevertheless, thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes, okay? Of course. Thank you. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Austin Gale, Associate Director of Content for Pro Football Focus, and uh, he joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider are hiring drivers right now. They're working hard. Hey, you work hard, they're going to treat you fair. That's the way they've been doing it for a long time, and for those of you that are out of a job, looking for a job, they're hiring, and uh, truck drivers are the ones that are keeping the country going right now, along with the railways. So uh, if you're looking for a a job, that that has not slowed down whatsoever. The goods and services still need to get out, whatever it may be. Check out our friends at Schneider. Go to 1-800-44-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.